Hi, I'm Scott, and welcome to another episode of Child in Time, Growing Up in the 60s. It's time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? This time, it's all about the music we had when we were growing up. Now, everyone loves the music they grew up with. Everyone just does. When I was about nine, I started to listen to the new pop music on the radio. As I listened, there was one act that I really liked. And when my dad became conscious of the fact that his son had been seduced by the emerging top 40 radio pop stations, he told me pointedly that the so-called music I insisted on listening to was, quite frankly, rubbish. He went on to tell me that the group I liked were nothing more than a flash in the pan, had little talent, and would be all but forgotten in a few years. Presumably, he expected it all to fade away, so everyone could just get back to listening to the likes of Bing Crosby, Louis Armstrong, old-time jazz and classical music. The music I loved was new and different, and at the time was becoming very, very popular. Now, you might have heard of the group Dad disliked so much. They were called the Beatles. Here's a quote about the music of the 1960s. The rise of the counterculture, particularly among the youth, created a huge market for rock, soul, pop, reggae and blues music produced by drug culture-influenced bands such as the Beatles, the Beach Boys, Bob Dylan, the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, the Kinks, Cream, Grateful Dead, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Jefferson Airplane, Janis Joplin, The Who, Sly and the Family Stone, The Jimi Hendrix Experience, The Doors, and Creedence Clearwater Revival. It also saw a major rise in protest songs and the folk genre. Pioneers in the US were Bob Dylan, The Mamas and the Papas, and Joan Baez. In England, the Animals and Donovan helped create the folk rock sound. Motown Records became one of the biggest labels in music history with artists such as Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, Diana Ross and the Supremes, The Four Tops, The Temptations, The Jackson Five, Michael Jackson, Smokey Robertson and many others. End of quote. Wow, weren't we lucky? Of course we had our own homegrown stars like the Easy Beats, Billy Thorpe, Normie Rowe, ah, oh, there was lots of others. Many successful Australian groups and singers would head overseas to try and crash into the lucrative UK or US music scene, but most found that they were virtually unknown overseas and would quietly return to Australia after a year or so. But at least they'd given it a go. There were, of course, a few exceptions to this, people like the Seekers, the BGs, and ACDC, later on, who went on to become worldwide stars. At our house, we had a little portable record player and the radio. So the music of my childhood was all in glorious mono. 
our little record player and the AM radio. I suppose my love of pop music back then was really cemented by the various months spent home from school with mumps or one of the other childhood diseases we talked about in series one. I would be alone in my room with the pop music station on all day. And let's be clear, it was called pop music performed by pop groups. You didn't hear anyone referred to as a rock band until the 1970s. I think the epicentre of 60s music was the aforementioned Beatles. They are the highest selling act in history by some distance. Elvis comes in second with a hundred million fewer sales than the Fab Four. The Beatles toured Australia in 1964, but I didn't get to go to the concert in Sydney. That was never a possibility. It was full-on Beatlemania everywhere, however. The daily newspapers briefly became basically Beatle fanzines. It was just crazy. Yeah, it wasn't until a few years ago before COVID I got to meet a Beatle, Ringo Starr. I'll put the picture in the show notes. Mum was much more tolerant of pop music than Dad ever was, and from time to time she would hear a song on the radio and say, Oh, I quite like this number. She always called them numbers, not songs or tunes. Her absolute favourite was the big hit by The Animals. The song came out in 1964. The House of the Rising Sun. We never quite understood why she liked a song about a New Orleans house of ill repute, but she did. By the way, you can always tell if someone has ever been to New Orleans because they pronounce it the right way. New Orleans. Dad only ever owned up to liking one song from the 60s era. The song was Do Wa Diddy by Manfred Mann. No, we don't know either. So with the emergence of the young baby boomers and the 60s pop explosion and youth really becoming a thing, it should be said that we didn't have it all our own way. A scan of the top 20 selling albums of the 1960s features the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, but also Barbara Streisand, Nat King Cole, and the soundtrack of The Sound of Music. Our dad had hundreds of records, 78s and LPs. The only problem was that it was all music from his era and nothing modern. I was determined to get a record album of my very own. In 1968, an LP cost $5.25. At that time... I was being given 50 cents a week as pocket money. I asked to go without pocket money for 11 weeks. And so mum could buy me a Beatles album at the record bar, which was in the next suburb, because I certainly didn't have the bus fare to get there. I played that Beatles album over and over. 
Most records were sold at suburban record bars. And often it would just be a section of a bigger shop, uh, one of these shops that sells uh, teapots and, I don't know, dolls and stuff. Mum, in the process of doing the shopping, had much easier access to the closest record bar than I did. And for a few years I would ask Mum to get me this record or that record when I had sufficient funds, you know, maybe from birthday money or something. I had a small but very select selection of prized albums after a time. Jimi Hendrix, The Stones, Credence. But uh, the whole mum buying my albums for me thing came to a crashing halt one day when mum steadfastly refused to purchase a certain album on my behalf. She said, I'm not going into the record bar and ask for an album called anything like that, Scotty. Okay, mum, I'll just write the title of the album on a piece of paper and you can just hand it over the counter. No, Scotty. I won't. Oh, gee, Mum, I thought you were cool. The album in question was by Frank Zappa. The album is called Weasels Rip My Flesh. And you might want to Google it to see the cover. I'd certainly come a long way from humming along to Love Me Do in 1963. There was also one time when Dad agreed to purchase a record for me while out and about. But unfortunately, when he returned home, he said he wasn't able to find any album by Astral Weeks. Nothing. Least of all the album I wanted called Van Morrison. Dad, it was a Van Morrison album called Astral Weeks. I should have asked him to get an album called Frank Zappa by Weasels Rip My Flesh. Unlike the instant downloads of today, records were a complete experience. The smell of the new cover, taking out the disc itself, a thumb on the edge and middle finger on the label, carefully placing it on the turntable and gently lowering the stylus to the first track. I'd settled back to enjoy my new purchase through the tiny mono speaker of our little record player. Sometimes my new record would get the ultimate seal of approval from Dad. He would come into my room and say something like, I love the guitar solo on this one. No, he never said anything like that. He'd say, turn that rubbish down. If Dad was ever subjected to watching one of our favourite groups on TV, he would bemoan the typical long hair worn by the groups as a sure sign of the end of civilization as we know it. But he was also peeved by the fact that the singers tended to move about while performing. Dad insisted that the singer should simply stand still and sing. Imagine, if you will, the image of Mick Jagger standing absolutely still, Staring into the middle distance, singing Jumping Jack Flash. Not the same, somehow, is it? 
But let's be clear here, it wasn't just about the beat and the tune. Song's lyrics were often profound and encapsulated the zeitgeist of the 60s. Uh, Some examples. In 1968, a group called the Ohio, Ohio Express came out with Yummy, 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 I've got love in my tummy. Then there was the Crystals, their song. I met him on a Monday and my heart stood still. Da-do, run, 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 da-do, run, run. Somebody told me that his name was Bill. And of course, I could not leave out the Beatles with their iconic ballad covered by hundreds and hundreds of artists. One of the greatest love songs ever written. I am the walrus. Goo goo gajoob. As the 60s progressed, so did much of the music become more and more psychedelic. We got into stuff like Ichiku Park by The Small Faces, Whiter Shade of Pale by Brokal Harem, Nights in White Satin by The Moody Blues, and Are You Experienced by Jimi Hendrix. This is just to name just a few. Most of the time, I didn't have the slightest clue about what these songs were banging on about. But no matter, it was our music and we embraced it as the soundtrack of our lives. We saved up and bought the album. Then in the 80s, we bought the same album again as a CD. A few years later, we bought it again in a remastered deluxe edition. Now we pay Apple or Spotify so we can listen to it as a download. Yes. The beat goes on. Thanks for listening. Please tell one other person if you like this and spread the word around. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Bye.